I despise your killings and rapings. You are despicable. Are you my judge? It's just you should be punished. I'm going to chop off your arm. So are you ready? And welcome back to Asian Cinema Fusion. I am your host, Paul Martinez, and unfortunately, it has been a little bit of a while since I've been with you. Uh, a lot of stuff going on, not going to get into it. What we are going to get into is uh, this episode, we're going to do something that we've never done before. We're actually going to review five films uh, instead of four, because there was uh, five films I've seen recently, and I figured it's been a long time, and so since you've waited so long for another episode... We'll give you a little bonus review. And so, uh, some interesting films here to go over. There's actually a couple of films that uh, were left over in the last couple of days from the New York Asian Film Festival, which I saw, which I never got a chance to give a review for. And we're going to do that now. We're actually going to start with one of those, and that is Saving Mr. Wu out of China in 2015. This was directed by Ding Sheng who uh, directed Little Big Soldier uh, and Police Story Lockdown, two Jackie Chan films. The film stars Andy Lau, who plays Wu Wufu. Um, of course, Andy Lau. I, I've, I've talked ad nauseum about him on this show. Uh, Infernal Affairs, Running Out of Time, The Warlords. The man is just uh, one of the greatest actors in the world. Also starring Lu Ye, who plays lead detective Jing Feng. Uh, you might remember him. He was in Curse of the Golden Flower. Uh, he was in The Chef. The actor and the scoundrel. He played The Chef. Uh, Wu Wofu. And if that sounds familiar. Wu Wofu is of course the name of Andy Lau's character. Well he is actually in this film. Who plays Cao Gang. A police captain. He's made some stuff from China, really nothing maybe we've seen. Uh, his big claim to fame was probably The Big Parade. And also starring Lam Suet, who I spoke about before. I'm a big Lam Suet fan. Uh, he plays Mr. Su. Uh, Lam Suet's been in so many movies such as PTU, uh, Robbery, which we reviewed on this show, The Mission. Uh, one of the great uh, supporting actors in all of China and Hong Kong. And the tagline for this film is, Time to give the performance of his life. So what's this about? Well, this is the true story chronicalizing the kidnapping of actor Wu Wofu and his subsequent rescue. Now, I have to say, I would think that the fact that the real Mr. Wu was part of this film means that this incredible story has to be fairly accurate. And if so, it goes to show how truly harrowing a real crime can be. Uh, despite the fact that I knew the outcome going in, I was at points on the edge of my seat. Uh, I can't imagine the sheer terror the victims of this case had to be in. And the reason, well, it's really no surprise. Andy Lau turns in a stellar performance here. As I've you know, said before, I'm a self-admitted fanboy for Andy, but it's with good reason. He is just an amazing actor. Um, you know, I said, uh, I've never seen Wofu in anything before, but, uh, he was very good here in the role he played. 
And also I was excited to see Lam Sweat, who I talked about, one of the most underrated actors around. Um, and, you know, he had a bit role, but I thought it was a great job he did in it. And the role of our main protagonist seemed a bit over the top and not very believable. But as I said, this could be an accurate depiction considering that the man who lived it is part of this. Uh, it just seemed way too hammy a performance for me by, uh, by, by that guy. But again, I, I'm almost learning, I should say I'm almost leaning towards giving the benefit of the doubt in this one. As for the story, um, it's tense and really maintains that throughout most of the film, especially showing the police try to uncover any clue that could help. Really, this, uh, this film is just really something else. Um, it's hard for me to put into words, but to see this and know that this really happened, and we see a lot of movies where it's true crime, but I always feel there's a little bit of artistic licensing going on, and that might be the case here, but man, I just really felt the terror for this, uh, two, there were two kidnapping victims in this that really didn't know if they were gonna live or die at any second. It's just really incredible. Uh, this is just a very well done film. Great job by the director. And if you're like me, you love these true crime stories. I think this will really delight you. And, you know, I gave the film seven and a half out of ten. And, um, it's definitely something I, I would say you guys should check out. Something I think you would really enjoy. Our next film, Boys Who Cried Wolf. 2015 out of South Korea. Directed by Kim Jin Hwang. It's his feature film debut. Um, starring Park Jang Hwan as Wan Ju. Uh, he was in Veteran, a Vita Prosecutor. Two films that we've discussed on the show previously. Zhang Han Yu, who plays Myung Wu. He was uh, in Coin Locker Girl. And Song Ha Jung, who plays Gwen Suk, who was in a film which I haven't seen called Six Flying Dragons, which was his big claim to fame coming into this. The tagline for this film is, Act Like You Know. So, a young, struggling actor is offered a hefty sum to portray a witness to a murder he never saw. Now, this film was actually the director Kim's dissertation film for the Korean Academy of Film Arts. It was so good, it's now making its rounds at various film festivals around the world. Talk about starting at the top. Uh, the film is extremely interesting for it being both complex and strikingly simple in its presentation. This is not a polished film by any means, but what it shows is some great promise from a rookie director. The story goes through the emotions of this man, Wang Ju, now realizing that maybe he was not given the full story from the beginning. <laughs> you think? So now in order to relieve his own conscience more than anything else, he sets out to uncover what really happened. And more importantly, as it turns out, why? Considering the relatively unseasoned cast, uh, this was fairly well done in the acting department. No one really blew me away per se, but maybe that was a good thing. I think part of the ch charm of this film could be using a lot of unfamiliar faces, 
Sometimes it's easy to get wrapped up in a certain star actor and not take the time to capture what you're really being told to you uh, in the dialogue. But, as I said, I wouldn't go into this looking to be blown away. Just watch the story unfold. The ending left some hanging a bit, but I was okay with it. Answers are given. And we are left to imagine what comes next, but I felt that answer was obvious. Maybe not. Um, check this out uh, when you want to see something a little differently. And I gotta say, I eagerly await uh, Mr. Kim's next project. And, you know, I gave this a 6 out of 10. Um, considering everything I said about this film, no major stars, a rookie director uh, who basically just made this film before he even graduated film school. Um, I think you put all that into this. This was pretty impressive. So, our next film that we're going to go over is a film that I actually screened at the New York Asian American Film Festival. Yeah, listen, I live in New York. We have a lot of film festivals out here. Um, I usually go every year. I usually catch one one film. I usually pick a film. Uh, from their uh, lineup to go see. And this year, the one I picked was a film called Hollow. Out of 2014 from Vietnam. Directed by Ham Tran. Starring Win Hong. I'm uh, sorry, Win Hong An. Who plays Chi. J.V. Mai. The Heap. I don't know if I'm saying that right. <laughs> I hope I am. Who plays Thuck. And Lam Thon Mai as I. So, you know, with the uh, Vietnamese names, I don't have a lot of experience with those films, so I apologize if I butchered any of that. Uh, tagline for this film, What's Inside You? A young girl accidentally drowns. When her uncle goes to claim her body, she somehow is mysteriously alive. But she's not the same girl. So as I said, I saw this at the Asian American Film Festival. I was the only able to screen it this year. And actually it's only the second film for Vietnam I believe I've ever seen. The first being the 1995 film Cyclo. Uh, which is uh, a pretty interesting film. And a film if you, anyone gets a chance to watch. I definitely would watch it. Um, the film... Felt very stylized in the format I've seen for many Thai horror films. Which is very distinctive for its dark nature. Which I suppose is what you want in a horror film. The story gets very confusing midway though. Um, almost to the point of being off-putting. But if you stick with it, everything pretty much ties itself up at the end. Not sure if this was due to possibly not the greatest subtitles or not. But, as I said, by the end, you should understand everything that happened. But, if you're like me and a friend of mine that was with me to watch this film, we both, uh, talking after the film, had both related to each other how we were totally stymied in the middle of this film as to where they were going with it. And um, it's, it is off-putting because I, I feel you get a little frustrated when you're watching a film and midway you're not really following what's happening. Uh, but like I said, um, I think they did tie things together in the end. But I think they could have done a better job in the middle, uh, making you not feel like maybe you were missing something. The acting 
on this film was decent. Um, the lead character, Wen Hung An, she was captivating, very beautiful young woman, and she has some real screen presence. Uh, she's young, and her acting can improve, but you can't teach charisma, and she definitely has that. Um, again, didn't think she was blown away actress, but um, I always like a screen presence to me in a lot of ways. Uh, holds more value to me than just uh, an, an acting, because I always think acting you can get better at, especially as a young actress. But uh, screen presence, either you got it or you don't. She definitely has it. Now, this is like the third or fourth possessed child film I have seen this summer. Um, it wasn't as good as The Wailing, um, but it wasn't bad either. In fact, it might have been in some ways better than The Priest. I did feel like there were major cuts done to this film. There's a lot of stuff seemed not to be delved into. Most noticeably, uh, stuff with the uncle. It seems like his story needed much more substance, being what a major character he is. It just seemed that parts of the film felt like there was more to be said with his character and it didn't get into it. And my guess is probably there was and it's left on the cutting room floor. As for the scares, um, they are two pretty good jumps, but the overall atmosphere was quite good, which is what I like more than just the big, ah, you know, type of scenes. Um, I rather like that overall dread feeling, you know, the uneasiness. That's what I look for more in a horror film, and that this had. Um, so, you know, I'll take that over the big, you know, jump out of your seat couple of scenes that they may give you. So while I think there are some faults in the storytelling aspect of this film, it is an enjoyable film. I'm not sure how available this is going to be, to be honest. Uh, I've searched very hard for a way to get a copy of this. And as of now, I just can't find one anywhere. I know a DVD was released, but can't find it for sale yet. But if I do, I'll let you know. Uh, I give the film a six and a half. It could have been higher if I just wasn't so lost for about 20 minutes of the film. Okay, time for our old school selection. And uh, this one is Dreaming the Reality. Hong Kong, 1991. Directed by Tony Liu. Tony Liu. Tony Liu is known basically... If you ever seen the show about the film, The Bastard Swordsman and Return of a Bastard Swordsman, that was Tony Liu. He's done a few other um, GWG films, which is what this is, a Girls With Guns film. Um, he's known for doing a few of those. Uh, but uh, really, I guess The Bastard Swordsman films are his big claim to fame, uh, along with this film, which is probably one of his more well-known uh, titles of his filmography. Starring... The incomparable Moon Lee as Silver Fox. Uh, if you don't know Moon Lee, my goodness, uh, start picking up her films. She is uh, best known for the Angel trilogy. Um, she's uh, also done Avenging Quartet. She was in the Jackie Chan film The Protector as the Inspector. So, yeah, Moon Lee, a very, very accomplished actress. One of my favorite actresses in Oha Kong. Also, Sybil Hu who plays Sister Lan, a former Hong Kong cop. Uh, she's also known for Angel Terminators 2, Inspectors Wear Skirts 1 and 2, My Lucky Stars with Jackie and Samo. 
Um, also, Yukari Yoshima, as you, uh, I believe she was Panther in this film. Uh, she was in the first Angel. She was in the Benji Quartet. She has been in probably a dozen Girls of Guns film. Also known uh, as Cynthia Luster to some. Uh, I never really referred to her as that name. I refer to her as Yukari Yoshima, but some of you might know her as Cynthia Luster. And Ben Lamb Kwakbun, who plays Rocky. Uh, you might remember him from High Risk, the Jet Li film. Also in the 2002 film So Close uh, with uh, Su Chi, which is also a very uh, popular film. Tagline for this one, she must leave her family to save her soul. So what's this about? Well, a young girl was raised to be an assassin, and she decides to put that life behind her, but it's not that easy. Now, here is my first entry on this show into one of my favorite genres, which is the girls with guns. Uh, there are so many titles to choose from, uh, but I cited on this one due to the three actresses in the film because I think also that it's a film that's not very well known to many, but this is maybe three of the biggest actresses in the genre. Um, Moon Lee definitely and Yukari Shima probably the two biggest and Sybil Hu. I mean, if you've got a Girls with Guns movie that's worth anything to watch and it doesn't have Moon Lee or Yukari Oshima in it, chances are Sybil Hu is. And uh, if the three of them are not in it, then it's probably not a film you want to watch. At least one of them has to be in it to make it, you know, something that's probably going to be worth your time. So... You know, the story of the assassin wanting to go straight is nothing new. And there's not really any new ground broken here. Still, there is a tons of action, which is what you want in this type of film. What is different, though, is there's a whole other storyline that's going on early on. But soon the two plots kind of collide, and then the film gets going. Of course, the other plot has to do with um, Sybil Hu's character, along with Ben Lam, who plays her brother, they're in Thailand, and uh, Ben wants to be, become a kickboxer uh, to make money. Uh, but his sister, Sister Lan, played by Sybil Hu, is absolutely against it and does everything she can to keep him from going forth down this uh, very shady career path. And uh, eventually, they meet up with Moon Lee, that's where the film really starts to get, you know, moving along at that point. Plot-wise, this is fairly straightforward. Um, there are some questions as to some of the actions and the key moments from some of the characters, but you try to overlook that in this type of film. Uh, the acting, the acting ranged from very good, like Sybil Hu, to okay, as in Ben Lam, to not so good with Moon Lee. Um, to downright comically bad, as in Eddie Coe, who plays Fock, the foster father of the assassins. Uh, I was very surprised by Moon Lee, who in other films has done much uh, better work in the acting department. I think I'm going to put this on the writers and directing because of that. But really, it's Miss Who that you have to talk about when you talk about the, uh, the performances in this film. She just steals the show as the chain-smoking booze-swilling, shotgun-toting, foul-mouthed ex-cop in Thailand. Overall, this is a really is a fun film. 
a bit overdramatic at times, mostly with uh, our friend Eddie Ko. Uh, but that was part for the course in this era of Hong Kong actioners. Uh, considering the fact, as I said, that you got three of the biggest names of the Girls of Gun genre in one film makes this really noteworthy. Um, there are other films like this that I will delve into in the future, so look out for them. So this, I give this a 6 out of 10 um, on a whole. But if you're just looking at the action, it does come in a bit higher. There's a lot of action, a lot of good fight scenes. I got a good shoot 'em up scenes. And, um, you know, if, if you overlook some of the, you know, less than stutter acting of it, um, this film will probably rank for you higher than a 6. All right, and now we get to our wild card film. And usually a wild card film is something that's a little older, but this time uh, it's actually a newer film that I saw. It's called Train to Busan out of South Korea in 2016, directed by Yan Sang-ho, who is really more known for animated features. He made King of Pigs, which was a big hit for him, and Soul Station was actually played at the New York Asian Film Festival, uh, starring Gong Yu, who plays Suk Woo, uh, probably best known for The Suspect. He was also, if you've seen Takashi Miki's Like a Dragon, he played the Korean hitman in that. Also starring Kim Suan, who plays Suan. <laughs> uh, she is uh, known as... Uh, in the film Coin Locker Girl. If you remember, we talked about Coin Locker Girl on the show. And she plays Il Young, who was the Coin Locker Girl, but she plays her as a 10-year-old, not as the 20-something-year-old later in the film. And starring, starring Man Dong Sok as Sang Hwa. Uh, he was in The Royal Taylor, Chronicles of Evil, The Flu, Definitely uh, some of the better movies I've seen. Um, he was really good in Chronicles of Evil. Um, and he was very amusing in Royal Taylor. He was one of the, uh, one of the, one of the uh, not a general, but, you know, one of the officials. The one that really um, always complained about the uh, Royal Taylor, the original Royal Taylor's um, clothing. If you've seen the Royal Taylor, you remember, there was one guy who really didn't like the royal tailor's choices and robes and was the one that really pushed for the new royal tailor. So if you remember that character, I thought he was very funny in that. And uh, that's Mandon Suck. And he was great in this film as well. Uh, tagline, next stop, hell. So what's this about? A separated workaholic father submits to escorting his daughter to see her mother in Busan. But when a rabies-type outbreak happens at the same time, this becomes a train ride of death. So, I'm a big fan of zombie-type films. Now, these were more like what we saw in 28 Days Later. I don't believe they were the quote-unquote undead, but more like infected with some disease that made them rabid and seeking flesh. Uh, the fact that these were the fast type worked also it's a big debate over many over whether or not zombies should be slow moving like the walking dead or fast as in world war z honestly i like both if done right and this was definitely done right and uh so you know 
the fast-moving uh, zombies, if you will, worked definitely in this film. What really, though, makes this uh, work is the director did not fall into the trap that many films of nature do, and that is to fall in love with the gore and the bloodletting. Of course, there is blood. Uh, we have flesh-eating monsters. But it's not really overly done. Instead, the focus was on the thrill ride, pun intended, of this movie. Um, and it's intense and exciting. And there are a few hold-your-breath moments as well. There are some sad scenes. There are some laughs. Uh, there's a few times when you're going to get very angry. These are all the things that really make a zombie film great. And... If you're a fan of the zombie apocalypse type films or TV shows, as we have plenty of those now, there's always an underlying theme. And that is, it's more about the humans than the monsters. As we see the worst in people when faced with the end of life as you know it. It's a powerful theme and one that I find very prevalent today with the way some Americans have become in the face of a danger from possible terrorist attacks from abroad. Um, and I'm very happy to say this was a very large part of the story here. I don't feel zombie films are complete unless they have that aspect to them. The acting on this film was just top-notch, especially as I just said earlier, Mandon Suk, who was just great in this as the tough guy, a-hole type. He was funny, yet heroic, and a bit of a jerk all-in-one. Just a fine job by him. Uh, Kim Suan was also very good as well. There's a number of other characters in the film that I didn't mention. Uh, this is the zombie film you have been waiting for. Trust me, go see this. You will love it. I give it an 8 out of 10. And it's playing still in a few select theaters here in New York. And then probably around the country. If you can see this on the big screen, it is definitely worth it. Uh, one of the best films I've seen this year. And that's including, you know, all the films I saw at the New York Asian Film Festival. Okay, and that's our show. Festival time is over. Um, that doesn't mean Asian films are. Uh, Jet Li has a new film that was just released here, as well as a bunch of other films. There's a Korean film called The Tunnel that's released, which I'm going to try to catch before it leaves the theaters this week. Not sure what's on tap for next show yet. Um, like I said, it might be a good time to watch a few films I've missed recently. For those who have asked, I have not gotten a copy of the new Godzilla film yet. But I have just found out that Godzilla is going to get a one week, a one week, sorry, a one week run here in New York City. Um, I believe in October. And so I am above the moon, as they say, uh, to go see that film. The second those tickets go on sale, I'm going to be buying them. I am psyched to see. Uh, the new Godzilla film, and you know I will be definitely viewing that on our show. Uh, but uh, I will be watching some of the stuff. I was able to uh, pick up some copies of a few other films I had missed recently. I'll probably watch some of those. So, as always, you know, uh, we will try to keep to our usual uh, breakdown of films, where we couple new, couple bold, and uh, try to give a little something for everyone. And uh, as always, I do thank you guys for uh, standing by me. Um, the shows do not come out nearly as regular as I would like them to. And that's totally on me. I'm not making excuses. Because sometimes 
I just, you know, life catches up and I don't get around to getting the podcast out. Today being Labor Day uh, gave me uh, plenty of time to get this recorded and posted. And uh, so as I always say, I will try to get them out quicker to you guys. Believe me, uh, I'm not planning going anywhere anytime soon. So until we're back with our next show, I want to always thank you guys for listening and bye-bye.